You're rude, but you're cleaning your bipolar or Deushi. Bipolar out of your teeth. Don't be mad. If you're not bipolar, you're not cool. Your heart, Tunde left. Okay, you are not going to depress. Tunde, I don't know what that is. your host Chananaya and today we have a guest um I'm going to introduce him or actually he's going to introduce himself but you're going to tell me your name or tell everyone your name what you do and what's the meanest thing you've done to a person more specifically a roommate like what's the meanest thing you've ever done to a roommate of yours or a person in general so, the meanest thing so no no first tell us your name and what you do okay um Mordi Chukumar, that's my name. I am currently in school, university actually, coming out of university, studying building technology. Okay. And the meanest thing I've done to a roommate is, uh, it was actually one of my guys. He was always pissing us off with music. He was always playing music really early in the morning. I have no problem with gospel music, but then don't play by 3 a.m. in the morning. So <laughs> take his laptop and we hid it for a week. Oh my God. <laughs> he actually went to complain that it was stolen. Exactly. It was actually the battery we took, but when he bought a new one, we took the whole laptop. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> we gave it back to him eventually, though. It was just, it was just really annoying because we warned him and warned him. Mm-hmm. Poor boy. I think the meanest thing I've ever done to like my roommates was they were. If we're being fair, they were out of. It was just unnecessary. I had an exam. That was the first exam on the the first day of exam. So I started my exam the very first day. And so I was studying the night before and they were busy talking about one Korean movie and making so much noise. And it didn't make sense. I was so confused. I was like, what's the meaning of this behavior? And I actually told him, I was like, you you guys, can you keep it down? And then I heard one of them whisper, oh, now you know how it feels. Ah, ah. Me that <laughs> I know that if you tell me oh keep it down, I will keep it down immediately. Like that's me. Like I will even stress you, but once you tell me, I will do it. So I was like, when has she ever told me to keep it down that I don't keep it down? She gets also confused. And I said, Okay, no problem. I went to my friend's room to read that night. I had my exam. Me that I knew the next day was there. Was it three units or four units course? Ah. Uh, and I know that my room is their study group, um, study room, because they both have like Fuck yeah, off. the same course. Uh, that day, from the afternoon time, for and the exam was at eight a.m. From the once I got back from my exam, I went to get a pill. I got a Beats pill. At first, was just playing <laughs> static radio static. I was just playing it, let them be confused first. Then I started playing Fuji. Then at night, I announced for my friends there was a party in my room. <laughs> <laughs> And by this time, all their friends had come to study. Girls from because they are in mechanical engineering. Girls from chemical engineering. All of them had come to my room to study. I was like, very good. 
I brought my friends. I said, there's a party. Do you know, it was so crazy that so many people, so many of her friends and, and my roommate's friends, they know me now. So they don't come to meet me that, yo, it's okay. Like, can I calm down? I said, calm what? I didn't stop till like 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. when I wanted to sleep. Your roommates and are then, nice. That's the problem. They're nice. I would have locked you out of the room. Even if we all have to square up there, I would have locked you out of the room. You and your guys, everyone outside. It's not possible. It's not possible. That's the Potter will reach our room that night. And we'll <laughs> no problem. Before the Potter says, he will knock on that door <laughs> until he's ready to bust down that door. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's it. Okay, but today, today, what we're going to talk about is actually mental health and mental health in Nigeria. And coincidentally, it's Mental Health Month. So yeah, let me give you guys like a definition of what mental health is and understanding okay so mental health includes our emotional and psychological and social well-being it affects how we think feel and act it also helps determine how we handle stress um, relate to others and make choices mental health awareness month has been observed in may in the United States since 1949, reaching millions of people in the United States through the media, local events, and screenings, blah, blah, blah. There are over 300 mental illnesses. Morty, did you know that? Yeah, there are over 300. I found out today when you sent me that stuff to read. I started to read do... the whole thing? I read the whole thing. The whole thing. There are over 300. When I wanted to go do the research on it, I was like, okay, probably one or two articles. Then the first thing was 36-page PDF. <laughs> How I got in myself into now. <laughs> but like, you know, I need to know these things, so why not? So there are about six to seven types of mental illnesses. There are mood disorders, anxiety disorders, personality disorders, psychotic disorders, eating disorders, trauma-related disorders, there's substance abuse disorders. So aside from the fact that this is Mental Health Month, I also want the episode to be about mental health because my mental health was under pressure for a while with this whole lockdown and everything. So yeah, and I know a lot of people can relate because staying indoors with your parents or your family or anybody with nowhere to go is actually a lot. I mean, I have an amazing relationship. Some people that don't even have anyone to be with, they're just by themselves indoors. Exactly. It's not exactly a whole thing to deal with. And I mean, I have an amazing relationship with my parents, but even with that, there's like a lot that still happens. So I can't imagine how it is for people that aren't even on the best terms with their parents to get. That's like a whole different thing. But before we go into the general effect that COVID has had on our mental health, because that is something we need to talk about, Let's talk a little about the mental health statistics in Nigeria. So let me break this down. One in four Nigerians suffers from mental from a mental illness, but help is hampered by like tight budgets and a lack of skilled staff. So in the budget of the central government, 3.3% of the health budget is for mental health, and over 90% of this 3.3% goes to mental health hospitals. Do you understand that? Yeah. Okay. So as of October 2019, there were only eight federal neuropsychiatric hospitals in Nigeria. 
The seventh largest country in the world, Nigeria, has ha- has Africa's highest caseload of depression. Ranked- Aren't there still eight, though? I think there's still eight. There's the new, new ones. There's still eight. Can you imagine? Wait. Yeah, the new ones. There's still eight. Is it? Do you know that when I read through this thing, I was so upset. Like, I was just getting so annoyed. And I'm just like, what is this country? Like, what is this country? But- like, where are we going down to? Where? Yeah. There was a budget. There was a budget of um, I think your sister. I think you probably read it too from the article. Yeah. Hundred and thirteen point six million for mental health for um to fund the whole mental health mm-hmm. situation we have in Nigeria. But then they only used ten percent of it. Oh, only ten percent was sent. I have the numbers here. Yeah. I have the numbers here. It I was terrible. It was, it was hilarious. I was just saying, you know, this was just a joke. When I read that part, I was like, you were just a joke. A budget that's not even enough for what is on ground. You now only give ten percent of a how now how does it make sense? Anyways, okay, so Nigeria has Africa's highest caseload of depression and ranks fifteenth in the world in the frequency of suicide, according to WHO. There are less than one hundred and fifty psychiatrists in this country of two hundred million people. And WHO estimates that fewer than 10% of mentally ill Nigerians have access to the care they need. Now, the difference between Nigeria's need for better psychiatric care and the resources available is illustrated by the healthcare gaps at Yaba Psychiatric Hospital. Oh, that's just the worst. That's just the worst. Yeah, which had a 2018 budget. Now, this is what you were talking about. Exactly. 2018 budget of 133 million naira. That's about $372,000, which is part of that 3.3%, like I spoke about, which is the budget for mental health, which is basically that 3.3%. But only 30 million naira. That's not $6,000. Like, that's some people's school fees, though, or less which is less than 10% of that amount, was released by the federal government. So the remaining 90% is somewhere in some people's pockets. It's in someone's pocket. That guy has used it to cash out. Now, the guy has a new jet. That's what they do in this country. Do you get? He has a It's so sad. Now. It's so sad. Because the number of mental health issues keep rising. The patients, they keep rising. Yeah. It increases, particularly in this country, increases all the time. And we're losing doctors because... Nine out of ten doctors now are trying to leave the country the to further their definitely. their professions outside because of the situation we're in in Nigeria. Because exactly. We're not even paying enough. Exactly. Not exactly. Enough. So they're all trying to escape. It's either like, particularly in Nigeria, it's either you try to escape or you just give up on the career possibility completely exactly. because it's not this. The country is not conducive for mental health, especially seeing as the country itself stigmatizes having mental health problems. It makes yeah, it look like yeah. it's a problem. Like the, the most common sentence when it comes to this is, are you not a man? That <laughs> sentence alone, that sentence alone causes so much problems. Because a lot of problems for Nigerian youth because they're try- it, it normalizes pressure, it normalizes pain. This is what we're supposed to be used to because this exactly. is what our parents were trying to be used to. That's, that's not how we're so supposed to work. Wrong, and that is such a problem. I literally exactly. have that written down here yeah, because I actually want to get your opinion on a lot of those things and see how you feel about it. Yeah, no so, yeah, we actually have all that panned out. But, like, in relation to what you said about, like, us losing our doctors and everything, 
It also says that as a result of these financial deficits and other challenges, Yaba Hospital lost 25, that's roughly half of its resident psychiatrists, over the past four years. Some left to find work in other countries, some went to private hospitals, others simply just quit. Exactly. Exactly. Was be to just quit. It's not like you have any other thing doing. You just decided to just give up on the profession. It's better to be unemployed than to be working there. Because these people, and, they go three months, four months without getting paid. And did you know Nigeria has this um no work, no pay policy? So if you're on strike for not getting paid, you are not getting paid for the period in which you are protesting. Are you serious? Yeah. It's That's sad. You can't. It's it's sad. It's sad. The government is not even trying. I can't even lie. Yo. So now the facility has 33 resident doctors and 22 consultants scrambling to address the needs of more than 5,000 patients that they treat every year. Imagine. Each doctor now tends to 50 to 80 patients per day, including the 535 who fill the inpatient beds. That's the ones that are permanently just like sleeping there. And yeah. 100 or more emergency cases who are rushed into the hospital each week. Now, every pa- a patient is supposed to spend 25 and like 25, between 25 to 30 minutes with the doctor. Like when you're having like a session with the doctor, that's the recommended amount of time you're supposed to spend. So I'm sure you even spend up to 10 like minutes. A proper diagnosis. Exactly. They don't have to get up to 10 minutes. They end up spending between four to five minutes. How wow. are you going to diagnose a person properly between with like four, within four to, to five, five minutes. minutes? Especially when it's not like physical symptoms. Do you get? Like, how? This is how so sad. This is so sad. That's why apparently a lot of the diag- like diagnosis that there's this particular hospital or like a particular reg- region, and they said. All the almost all the diagnosis done there ends up being schizophrenia. I'm like, how many people are actually schizophrenic that everybody that comes in there is schizophrenic? I told exactly, them, exactly. Said, it's probably only schizophrenic medicine they have. What do you want them to do? <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, these things, these inefficiencies also take a toll on the people going there. There was a story I read about um a man took his daughter to it's like, like to get tested and everything because she was suffering from what he thought was a mental breakdown. But he okay. wasn't, you know, he wasn't sure. He needed professional help. So he had mm-hmm. to take a day off work to go. And he'd been there from 7 a.m. He'd been waiting for five hours for someone to attend to his daughter. Oh, my God. And um, I can't remember how much he was to pay. But, I mean, the money didn't seem like a lot to people who are proper, you know, like to people well, who have... But for these people, this is a lot... Yeah. Missing the day of work is a lot for these people. So he had to miss the day and wait there with his daughter, only for his daughter to go in there and not spend up to 10 minutes and come back outside. The guy told her that he should pray. He should what? pray? He said he should pray. You are kidding me. What was that supposed to mean? What, why did he now miss the whole day? Like, why did he pay that much? Why did he waste exactly. time? Why did he do all that? These things affect everyone. They affect so many different people in so many different areas and the government doesn't even notice that we don't even see this we don't even have exactly. a means of the fact that the change. government doesn't do anything like do you know that no desk exists in the ministries for mental health like not a single one so that that means there's not a particular person 
that carries out like that's in charge of like mental health in Nigeria and carries out mental health tasks and responsibilities. Anybody that's doing that work is not that is not their primary responsibility. So they won't make it like important it wouldn't be like one of their top things to do because they have their own primary responsibilities and this definitely will lead to like lead to like uncoordinated uncoordinated delivery of service and stuff like that so no matter like how much money they even decide to put into it no one is actually at the helm of affairs and actually coordinating things so things cannot turn out right when there's nobody that's actually in charge of these things there's no coordinating body in this whole nigeria to oversee public education and awareness campaigns on mental health and mental disorders, all these like things that we see and anything you see relating to that is the work of like NGOs and international agencies that have been promoting awareness and campaigns for like for the cause for over five years. So Niger- like the go- Nigerian government acts like they are not even like aware of this. Like it doesn't concern them. Like this problem doesn't yeah, affect yeah. everyone. Like this, they are they are basically telling Nigerians that's a new problem. That's a exactly, new problem. exactly. And if they, if any of their own children ever have like mental health illnesses or problems, is to take one of their jets that they take used to and fly abroad straight, straight. Send them straight to whatever country they feel will, they will get the best treatment, and it's just not fair because the head of the doctors in the neuropsychiatric federal hospital that's yeah. one of the aides you were talking about what's his name um dr fees yeah dr fees he was complaining that he told the government that there were not enough doctors there that they need more doctors they need even if it's to train them there to become doctors and they need mm-hmm. more doctors and you know they said the information he got back was that the doctors they have are enough they went on with going on like the whole training thing, but they said the doctors you have are enough. We're not going to provide you with more doctors. That was the statement made. Hey, how can you tell someone that with the ratio we have? How can you say that? Then the people going undergoing this training, when they are done, leave the country. So what's now the point? Like what's we're not regulating point? anything. We don't have a system that's helping our country. Everyone is trying to leave because of the situation our country is in. Because of the situation the government puts our country in. Exactly, and the people that can't even leave and have the skills wouldn't even want to like work in these places because they're seeing like rates of turnover and how many people are leaving. So they wouldn't even want to come and experience whatever is making people run away that fast. You get half of your exactly. Nobody wants to suffer in the end. Exactly, and nobody wants to suffer. Exactly, I actually can't come and die for a country that doesn't even want to help itself. Exactly, that's the mentality they all have. Exactly, and I don't even blame them, not at all. I have no, like, nothing against them because... Nothing I whatsoever, I don't, blame, I don't blame any of them. My mom has a friend she went to school with. She studied psychology. Okay. She's um, a psychologist in a prison ward in UK. Yeah. So I got to talk to her um, two days ago. And she was like, part of the reason why she left, despite the poor, the poor situation we have in our country, was also the financial that she gets paid double what most psychologists get paid here in a in a week. Oh my your god. Week, your weekly pay is more than what most people get in a month here. In a month. Um, she says she makes a lot of money because outside of they respect the profession. They understand that this is necessary. This is a necessary thing. Exactly. It plays a large role in how your country moves forward. The people of your country, if they are mentally ill, your country cannot be sane. The people make up the country. If we are sick, your country is sick. But our government doesn't seem to understand that. We all seem to believe that those who are mentally ill are weak. 
because mm-hmm. meeting with the therapist is you become oh is you God. open up and being Do you know that when that. we get into that i'm going to speak so much because he like i had a personal like i wanted oh my god Moody. this country i'm tired okay <laughs> <laughs> now that we've spoken about the government's hand in mental health in the country, let's talk about the woes of the people in this movement. Now, the average Nigerian shies away from mental health issues. They have so many misconceptions about it, and that plays a part in why it isn't taken seriously enough in the country. Like, because I feel like if the people saw it as important enough, the government will have no choice but to see it as important. But we, as the people, a lot of people don't even see it as important enough. For instance, how many times have you heard an adult say, what do you know about depression? What have you gone through that you're talking about depression? Like, they don't even, and this is like one of the most common. That is far, it's too common, too, too common. What's that? What do you think you're talking about? It's so trivialized. They don't even race. Hey, God. And so, it's so sad because you hear these things where people are like coming out that they're suicidal and you hear Nigerians and hey, kill yourself, jump down. This kind oh, of yeah, stupid comments. Ra- swallow red. Ex- <laughs> God, drink bleach. I'll drink bleach one. Bleach, nah, nah, I had that too much. Too much. Too much. Third Mayland is there waiting for you. Third <laughs> They joke about these things, not knowing that some people actually do need help. Exactly. Some people, all they just really need is just to communicate their problems. Communication goes a long way. And it's an immediate way of helping yourself with the mental health crisis that I'll go into later. If you can't afford to get therapy, communication with family members and friends, is it goes a long way, but we'll go into that later. Okay. The country, I actually agree with you, the people of the country don't make it seem like it's a necessary thing because it's, it's stigmatic. Mm-hmm. Why are you going to therapy? Why, why do you need therapy? Oh my your dad didn't go to therapy. David isn't going to therapy. Why are you going to therapy? Are you not a man? I'm not start calling different people that have problems. I'm like, what? How, how exactly. When it's not a competition, it's not. We're not fighting for who's the most sick. That's not how it works. Do you know, I think that's just a Nigerian problem in general. Everybody wants to show that their own problem is more, and I don't even understand it. Exactly. Everybody's always competing for who's suffering the most, and it doesn't make any sense. Like, and the mentality that's been drilled into us right from childhood right from childhood and it's the same thing that happened with our parents this was drilled into them we're all carrying this glorified suffering and it doesn't make sense they do so much they do so much and it it really doesn't make sense i don't understand i don't understand it i don't understand it why (laughs) it actually doesn't make sense like why must you suffer more why must that be something to make noise about why can't we both just get help exactly so this whole like all these questions and everything is like this is a result of a misconception that only older people are allowed to feel depressed but rather these days more youths are actually going through depression and the numbers show that it's even more rampant like with youths than with older people so that's the thing nigerians don't believe in the therapy culture why why don't we believe it? That that is something we need to discuss now. Let's talk about this. Why don't Nigerians believe in the therapy culture? It's what we've been saying. We don't believe in it because, first of all, nobody wants to spend money to talk to someone about their problems. Exactly. Nobody's willing to like spend money to talk about their problems. Money. Exactly. The thing is, most Nigerians are hustling on a daily basis mm-hmm. and they need that pay. So they can't afford to pay people just to talk about their problems. Exactly. Because they don't and understand the like importance even of within, this. Even within the Nigerian culture, it's always, it's kind of like, 
an unsaid thing that oh you don't talk about your problems you don't share exactly so you have to bottle it up you keep it within like keep that shit nobody needs to hear about that i don't know why we're so secretive but everybody i swear to keep it to yourselves keep it keep and then this isn't in direct relation with the topic but then this whole thing that oh why are you crying you're not supposed to cry men don't cry oh my yeah strong people don't cry I don't understand. That's I, I really that's one thing that puzzles me. Mm-hmm. So you're not allowed to feel your emotions. That's exactly what they're telling you. Exactly. You're not allowed to feel these emotions. You're meant to drown them. These emotions are for the weak. And then also these biological feelings that everybody goes through are for the weak. It doesn't make any sense. Exactly. That it just is just off. I, it's just a huge misconception. And I don't know where it started from, but like it just needs to stop. It needs to stop. And then also... So what is how? How, exactly. I think first, the first step is awareness. People need to understand. Like, you need to tell and reach as many people as possible. The more conversations that are had about it, the more people know, the more people can spread the word about it. And then yeah. when... And another thing with you is when you know about, okay, a lot of your like age mates are talking about this and then people more people older people tend to hear about it then you'll be confident enough to talk to your parents about it like no this is what it is right now you guys need to change this and fix up exactly but if you're not sure about it and it's just a personal opinion and some people are thinking it and some are not then you might not even have the mind to actually tell your parents straight up that no this is needed this is important do you get yeah, the change actually has to come from my generation. Yep. And within our generation, we need to be able to encourage people to open up more to family members. But in doing this, we also need the parents to play their part. You can't just dismiss what your child is going through. Mm-hmm. You can't just make it look like it's not a big deal. These things matter. These key things are what separates good parents from bad parents. I think because you're not going to see what's going on in your, your kids' life. stigma, like you said, how people that have, like, mental health issues are just seen as worries they're seen as crazy people so even your family once you tell them oh i'm thinking like this or i'm feeling this they, it, the first thing is to pray or to like not even want to address it because they don't even want to fathom the thoughts that they have exactly. a really mad person in their house and that kind of thing and the main another main problem we have is i have no problem with religion but we can't solve all the problems by religion. You can't say, I don't have a house, pray, and you expect God to lay the bricks and the foundation for you. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. I believe pray. in faith and work. Like, you put in the work. Exactly. And... Still seek help. Yes. You need help. Meet people. Get your communication. Be... Communication is so key in almost everything we do. If not everything, it is so key. We need to cultivate the habits of, of talking to one another feel ashamed of, of who we are and what we are going through. Everybody suffers. Everybody goes through something at some point in time in their life. So why is it a big deal? But another thing we- I've noticed is that you can communicate all you want, which is like you on your own and communicating. I know communicating is supposed to be a two-way thing. So you can speak and try to be understood as much as you want. But comprehension is key. And for people to properly comprehend what you're like putting on the table and trying to communicate, they have to be like have an understand. understanding of it exactly so people actually need to do their own work do your due diligence and be the education needs to be there not being ignorant oh, don't be ignorant be informed you get me 
So, yeah. I get you, that actually makes so much sense. But the spreading of the information, particularly to the older generation, is where the problem comes in. Mm-hmm. These people have lived their lives, they lived the whole of their lives believing that this is a weak person thing. How do we then change the narrative for them? Yeah. How do we then understand that this is how we're supposed to be? This is how a progressive society works. I feel like, first things first, we need to be an example that is we, the youths. We need to convince ourselves and be an example for them. And when they see that these things are working and see the positive impact it has on us, then they can take a step back and they're like, okay, there's actually a different way to do this. This doesn't but We need to have happen. one voice to do this. And that's where the whole coming together to fight for mental, mental health yeah, comes into play. Definitely. A community, is, it's easier for a community to make a statement than for an individual. also have a major part to play in the stigmatization in the sense that okay level with me when you hear yaba left or aru it's like when you even <laughs> hear it is is an insult like people will be like oh you you belong in yaba left oh yeah aru or aru patients just got released like it is seen as an insult because it's made out to seem that only people that are roaming mad need help roaming like mad. that that's Biting clothes and chewing knees. They're the only ones that need help with mental health. Like, once you hear mental health, all you think is, ah, he's eating poo-poo. He has to be eating shit. And, like, he doesn't doesn't need help. He's only naked. Exactly. You want to walk naked. So, I think we have to not, like, um, what is it called now? Not put always puts mental health and madness and weary and evil. Like, let's not put mental health and bad things in the same bracket. Let's not put it in the same bag. Let's not always make them synonyms. Do you get? Yeah. And so also, as you said earlier, Nigerian men see mental health issues as a thing for the women and maybe children. That's why they never seem to get help even when they have these issues. And that, like you said, it is a major problem. I think it's just another form of toxic masculinity that you are a man. You can't be crying. You can't be seen as weak. You can't be... And that's why a lot of them are losing their shit. Because they can't... Exactly. They're going through so much and they can't even express themselves. They because they've been told that expressing themselves is wrong. It's bad. Communicating is wrong. Then you need to carry this. That. That's why you're a man. Need to carry the burden yourself. And then the thing is, I can't lie yet. We, some women are really the problem. Because as much as some women say, okay, they want a an emotional guy, a guy that's in touch with his feelings. If he's too in touch with his feelings, it's like, oh, why is he so weak? Why is he? Why is he not? No, do you know? This that's the thing. That's the thing. Most of what people say, I'm not trying to disrespect any women. I'm not trying to disrespect any group or anything. But yeah. then most of what girls say they want in the guys what they've seen on tv is what they watch true they most of these guys aren't even ready for these kind of relationships they don't understand that it's a two-way thing that he's going to be strong we need to understand that he's also a human being he's also susceptible to these kind they of things so he's also going to, to cry they're, they're used to all these what pad guys and the mills and bones exactly guys. exactly they're bullies and they're toxically masculine and you are sounding too familiar with this you are sounding too familiar (laughs) (laughs) i know because like at a point yeah it was always like you need to get the bad boy you need to get the and like this bad boy needs therapy bro you can't tell me that's what you're looking for (laughs) because this boy 
is going to mess you up because he is messed up and he can't admit it and he can't get help because everybody is looking up to him and looking wanting exactly him, wanting to be him. and in doing so we glorify different types of mental illnesses exactly especially substance abuse especially substance abuse yeah. we seem to glorify that the most that you're a cool kid if you're smoking if you're drinking all the time you get, you and all those kind of things that's what like a blunt in your hand no exactly and people now become susceptible to peer pressure mm-hmm. people start doing drugs to look the part to start feeling cool and along the line they develop substance abuse problems that's not we need to remove that from our society we need to if you if you want to drink if you want to smoke you're legal fine that's fine. what you want to do it's fine but doing but it you need to, to fit into an image or that's not exactly that's the problem that's the problem sense. doing it to fit into something doing it to drown emotions and pain that's also another problem yes that's also another thing that's also another thing it's basically paving the way for like a very bad addiction which is exactly and that's it's common in most adults because they do not like talking about their yes, feelings which is so the they try to drown it through disorder exactly type of mental health disorder yeah, substance abuse is the major mental illness in Nigeria. Not like speak out and talk about things. They drown themselves in alcohol. Exactly. Exactly. Themselves. Like I like I cannot I cannot count the amount of older ladies I've heard that they're like, Oh, I always have my whiskey by my bed. So you know, you just cry yourself to sleep. I'm like, that is not okay. No. <laughs> you cry yourself to sleep while drinking whiskey. She's an OG. Please no. And so yeah. Nigeria stigmatize people that are going through mental health diseases and want nothing to do with them. They often render them homeless and never actually get help for them. A lot of people that are roaming mad, quote unquote, if they actually get proper help, like they are like problems can actually be addressed and so like like they I wouldn't say completely fixed because I don't think they're really proper cures to mental health like mental health illnesses, but they can be managed. Do you understand? It could be watered down. It can be watered exactly. down. Exactly. Rather than the people you see on the road, these are people that have the been in their problems all their life. These people have been suffering since without getting proper treatment. So that's why they are the way they Definitely. are. They become so damaged to the point that they don't even know they're damaged. These mad people don't even know that they're mad. Definitely not. They're just moving like it's like it's normal for them. You get. Mm-hmm. Thing, and this also boils down to the fact that we don't have enough psychiatrists. Um, professionals in this field working yes. in Nigeria. Yeah. Because the people that can actually afford it are not even getting the help enough. Talk us of the people that can't exactly. actually get like afford the help. So yeah, another thing Nigerians do, especially the youths, Nigerian youths. Okay, let me not make it like so specific to Nigerian youths. A lot of youths do it, but like we are the ones with the problem. We have the serious problem in our country, so we shouldn't be the we should be the last people doing it. Is we we trivialize mental health issues. Like first off, we need to stop equating some things. For instance, depression is not the same thing as sadness. Bipolar disorder yes, is not the same yes, thing as yes. Being skinnier than usual just means you're anorexic. Anxiety is not just butterflies in your stomach. PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, is not just having flashbacks. Oh my God, that one has been all over Twitter. Once you have a flashback, it's PTSD. Hold up, hold up. It's PTSD. Mm, calm down. 
borderline personality disorder is not just cutting people off being extra neat is not being ocd or having ocd being energetic doesn't mean you have adhd that's attention deficit hyperactivity disorder stealing doesn't mean the person is a kleptomaniac a bit like a liking sex doesn't mean you're a nymphomaniac i could go on for hours we need to stop this cause it doesn't make sense it seems harmless and i can't lie yeah i can be like i can you can catch me saying some of these things sometimes and i actually need to put in a conscious effort to stop because it actually seems harmless in itself but in actual fact when you trivialize like when you make these kind of comparisons and make these kind of jokes it actually trivializes the actual illness that people actually go through. So when someone actually is OCD or is actually seriously going through anxiety, like, and I think people don't understand that you can be anxious and not be going through anxiety. Being anxious is a feeling. Anxiety, like having anxiety, is an illness. Do you get? So exactly, exactly. So I feel like when someone now comes out and is like, "Yo, I actually have this problem. I'm actually in OCD. Like, I have OCD. Yeah, I have overcleanness. So, like." You can't, like, now take them seriously because it's like, okay, you have OCD. That's cool. Sit down somewhere. Okay. <laughs> okay. Keep it moving. And because it's so common, like, these days now, everybody is, like, a lot of people are saying, okay, I'm, I'm going through depression. I'm depressed. No, my darling, you are sad. He broke your heart. Tunde left. Okay. You are not going to be depressed. Tunde, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I'm All these over-familiar names. Life goes on. Left what? Please, I'm not causing anybody depression. (laughs) Don't tell me you're depressed. I do understand that in some of these situations, it is depression. But we can't actually identify who and who is actually really going through depression. Because everybody... That's a problem. That's a problem. We need a system. It's it's supposed to be the first thing um, psychologists do when they meet a patient. They give you... I don't know what the test is called, but it's a standard test to know exactly where the problem is if you are sad or if you're depressed or if you have something way deeper exactly um i don't know if you remember that link you sent me back i think it was like two months ago on the mental health thing oh is it the one for the ngo yeah 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 but you also sent me a few people's numbers okay numbers of um therapists yeah so i spoke to one and that was the first thing like we we first we had like a 10-minute session. We just, you know, spoke and everything just to, like, familiarize each other. And then that was what he, That was the first thing she said. She said that she can't give any vague... Well, like, she can't tell you what she thinks without you performing this, without you writing this standard test, without you going through the standard procedures and everything. Mm-hmm. And that's... I was so... I was, I was actually so happy when I heard that because most of these people just tell you what, what they, think. they think. Oh, you're always sad. You're always sad. So you have depression problems take these antidepressants beyond these nah that's not how it works that's not how it works she actually made me feel so comfortable and that's how we're supposed to be these people they're actually people who can do this but the problem is we don't just have enough people the stigma is too much it's uh, the country really isn't trying i can't even lie it really isn't trying and most of this problem let's not even blame the government for everything we also yeah, do the problems, like we as the people need We're to also be better and be more informed. And exactly. Starts from Change needs to start from somewhere. It needs to start from somewhere. The jokes need to stop. Mm-hmm. Watering down someone's problems yeah. needs to stop. The inability to segregate problems from serious yeah, illnesses needs to, need to stop. stop. 
Exactly. These kind of things need to stop. Especially now. Well, actually now with the whole COVID-19 thing, the rates of depression is higher than it was before. In all parts of the world, it's increasing. Stepping on people are the whole it's 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 something else, man, because most of these people going through this stuff, especially people who actually do have COVID-19 isolation centers, they're going to experience a lot of PTSD. This is where PTSD has to rise yeah. and everything. Depression, anxiety, exactly. you know, all these so kind of things. what I'm going to next. Our mental health in relation to COVID-19. So a lot of, um, you know, I'm in this NGO, Mental Health, like Mental Awareness Nigeria Initiative which is the one I sent the link yeah. to you. And then people, they started this thing where people send in their experiences, like with their mental health during COVID. And a lot of people started, have, like said they had experiences with anxiety. They had anxiety issues, which is totally understandable because things aren't, like everybody's like routines and their regular patterns and stuff, everything is upside down. People aren't doing their regular things. Things are changing. Like everything is, different and that can be a cause of anxiety for people which is totally understandable exactly people are losing jobs people aren't getting to work they're losing jobs you're not seeing family members family members could be in distant places you're not communicating properly then with the situation we have in Nigeria sometimes there's no light you could have three four a week no lights you're just there in heat by yourself in your room (laughs) communicating with no one these kind of things cause a lot it's of enough problems to make mentally. a person lose their shit really and then another thing exactly is- and it's why the aftermath of covid19 the, the ptsd can last for months Definitely. to years for particular people depending Depend- on your level yeah, of tolerance depending on how much it affected you personally yeah and- people in isolation centers are seeing other people die from mm-hmm. these things you can't and, be because like, you're in an isolation center. You can't get the comfort you get from having family members yeah. around you. You're on your own in that situation. Like, These kind of things are causing a lot, and the people at home are also suffering because okay, you can have a family member there now. You don't know what's going on. With that. A particular you doctor, you so I think that worked in the ER, like during this mental health, like during this COVID nineteen thing. Sorry, she committed suicide because. She couldn't deal with the amount of people she was seeing coming in and dying. And this is like an ER, like an emergency room doctor. Like this is someone that... That's a professional. That's a a professional. So you can't imagine like what a regular old Jack is going through because he was singing called COVID and now he's in an isolation center watching all this happen. Do you get? It's just sad. It's just sad. And also, some people Everyone really needs anxiety help. are having fake symptoms. That was something I was really interesting in, interested in. People are having fake symptoms because of the fear and the ex- anxiety. Their mind is playing tricks on them. And I think, do you know, it's so crazy because I haven't been out in about four months or so. And so, I finally went out sometime last week. I went out. And, oh my god. When I came back in, I had my bath. I did all the necessary things. And then everything started. I started getting so scared. I was like, yo, what if I have it now? So at a point... I went out. I hadn't been out in over a month. I went out because I decided, you know what? Let me just treat myself. Let me get something to eat. I drove out. I got pizza. I came back. The moment I entered my room, I coughed. And I mean, it was a normal, okay, it was probably dust or something. I mean, I've been outside. But when I did, I was like, okay, okay, no, no, please. Then I 
Thank you. I was like, uh-uh. Nope. Nope. This is not happening. I literally had to be talking to myself. I'm like, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Hold up. Wherever you are, whatever you are, whoever you think you are, Exactly. Up. Hold up. Wait. Then there's also a problem of, I've been hearing about of recent, of people faking COVID-19 symptoms to get free access to food. No, funny how um, a video mainly I from the saw, lower class. A video I actually saw was from COVID-19 patients. It was one of the patients that posted it. And the person said that the government people just put them in there and told them to relax and enjoy and have fun. So it, it was a video of them. They were dancing in the isolation center. None of them were sick. I saw that video. Yeah. I saw that and video. So what I do know is that, like, the federal government is giving, like, the more cases you have of COVID, the more, like, money you get from the federal government. So people, like, state governments are now, like, try- creating fake cases. There was a case of... Creating fake cases to increase yeah, the, to numbers. the numbers. There's a case of a lady that she... Her son hit, hit his head somewhere. So she took him to the hospital. And when he was discharged, on the receipts and the slip they gave them, they wrote COVID patient 365 or something. And then she was like, yo, I think you made a mistake. Like, we didn't come here for COVID. And then the nurse that was writing it was like, yo, just take it and keep quiet and go. That's what we're supposed to do. So that's COVID patient 365. And this is someone that just has, like, what's it called? Like a head injury. So the numbers that are actually that they are actually showing us right now, we're not actually sure what it is because they're not all COVID patients. So it could be more, it could be less. We actually don't know. With the situation we're in, we actually can't even tell. Then I don't know if you saw this video. It was I saw it last week actually, or was it this week? I think it was this week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, because of the lack of understanding we have mm-hmm. in our country. There was um, a woman who was on the road. She was in her car, like, her car just stopped in the middle of the road and she was, like, causing traffic for everyone. So the guy, the guy who videoed the whole stuff, went up to check on her and everything. She was in her car. And because he just bought gloves, so he shut up with people that were around him. And he opened the door and she was there. And from what he saw, she had used both her inhalers, like, the two of them were empty. So it was obviously an oh, asthma man. thing. So the guy was trying to like get people to help and everything. And look, the the woman behind him, the woman that was in the car behind him came and everything. And they were all trying to help her, you know, and everything. And uh an ambulance passed them. Yeah. And they were like to them, they were like, okay, finally, help. And they tried to stop the ambulance. And this guy, this guy tried to oh run them God. over. He was trying to escape them. It wasn't until the woman that was helping the guy drove and parked her car in front of the ambulance before the guy could stop. The, the whole crowd, like there was a crowd, they were all telling this guy to help out. The guy was like, he's not helping her, he's not carrying her in the car. The woman had to pay the guy to carry the lady. Kidding? She had to pay him. To do his so job. So even, it's even our health workers, yeah, to do his job. So you can imagine someone in that situation, these kind of things spike up anxiety. Because everyone's like, okay, we're all there. What if this happens to me? How am I going to be taken care of? And there's so many cases. There's a case, another case of a woman. This was like a month ago. She called and called and called for um, them to pick her son-in-law. Yeah. He had the COVID-19 and everything, and he was sick. And these people, they were responding, okay, we're coming, we're on our way. And she'll call again the next hour, like, please hold on. Only for us to finally change it for them. And they were like, oh, that's the... They don't have any isolation centers close by that. There's no one coming. After posting the woman for like Are a day, 
the guy ended up dying, according to one. She ended, he ended up dying. Now, what can you imagine the family now? Can you imagine what, what the, the family, family has, has to go, to go through? Mentally, can you imagine what they have to go through? And they can't even bury this guy. Yes. They can't bury him because of the situation That's we're sad. in. So they're just in their house, houses living with this pain. That's crazy. Also, another thing, back to where we started, is coping with your family during the lockdown or actually being alone. That's a whole lot. But what is even worse is coping with balancing work and school at home. As we said, everything is changing. So it's a huge change of dynamics. It's a huge change of everything. For a lot of people, this COVID made me realize that home, like school and work is actually an escape for a lot of people from family pressure, from home pressure and all of that. Yeah. And so now it's like that escape is gone. And like it's it's a lot it's just a lot for everybody for a lot of adults and it students this is a major change of pace and it will actually affect so many exactly. people because they might not be able to achieve the stuff they would usually achieve if they were at work or school and that could be another major cause of anxiety for them like you know a lot of for some people yeah when you set some certain goals and you're like okay i have to do this and do this and that once the like goal date is reaching and it's getting like closer or like you haven't achieved those things, it gives them anxiety, it makes them scared because it's like, yo, I'm actually setting like myself back. Like, do you understand? So that's like a lot for some people. But yeah, I have three questions of the day. The first question of the day is, why is the rate of mental health illnesses like depression and suicide becoming more incessant these days? Because I realized it and I wanted to, I genuinely want to know. These days, mental health illnesses are actually becoming more and more, which is it's a question my dad asked me. Do you mean said, in regards to COVID 19 right now or general, like in general? He said in his time, like it okay. wasn't like this. He said, in his time, when a person commits suicide, it was newsworthy. Like, the governor of the state would go to the family and find out oh, what was going on because that's how much of a deal it was in that time. Like, it was almost newsworthy, like, local newsworthy is what he was saying. So, but now it's, like, it's a daily thing. And he's wondering, like, why is that? Like, why is it so prevalent these days? What is going on? Oh, it's simple. I mean, I'm sure this isn't the only reason, but this is one of the major reasons. Oh my gosh, you're not going to say that, Morty. Exactly. Social media, it's it's gotten to the point where, okay, now we're glorifying this. Everybody everybody is living their mm-hmm. best life on social media. Nobody's suffering. Definitely. Nobody's sad. Everyone's always smiling. It's all happiness and chills and vibes and everything. And people are seeing these fake lives because most of this is fake. Nobody's always happy. That's the truth. Most of this is fake. People are seeing these fake lives and they're judging their lives based on other people's situations. They're judging their circumstances based on what other people are going through. It's become a point where there's a standard of living that you should be at to be happy. For you to be happy, you need to have the sexiest girlfriend or boyfriend. You need to have, you need to be flexing, you need to be going out, you need to be doing different things. And these people who, if on their own, went connected to social media will probably be living their lives normal and be happy but because they're seeing this and this has been put this has been put as the standard as the norm as to what it's like for you to be happy these people are seeing this and they're it causes depression it makes you feel okay to tell me he said a particular babe he was just talking to his 
friend, I think she owns a school, and she heard a story of this girl that um, her parents took away her iPhone. I don't know what she did. They took away her iPhone, and then they gave her an Android. So she really texted her friends, and she tweeted to her friends, talking about how this is the last time she's ever going to touch this Android phone. She would rather be dead than use an Android. She's not going to... And pop pop, guess what? She's dead. Like she actually killed herself and left a note for her parents. Talk about oh, I'd rather be dead than use an Android. You caused this or something like that. And you know, my dad, my dad wasn't even having it. He said he said no, she didn't have life to live. And you know, I usually I'd argue and defend. I was like, no, maybe there's an underlying issue. But you know, I thought about it and I'm just like what so is it that people and i think also another thing is maybe people are having less value for their lives if that's a thing is that possible it's possible and it's actually the same thing like this is what happens when someone else is living the life you want to live you start to value yourself yeah, less for not living that that's life what it is. you have less value for yourself you don't even spend your time thinking of your You're life and all you have that makes you, you who you are. The good. You You're comparing your life. Exactly. And you're comparing yourself constantly. Which is fake. Which is which so is fake. You, you don't know who is God. real and what is actually real. You don't know if this is this person's car. Nobody posts exactly. pictures of them crying. And the people that do post it. Nobody posts clout. pictures of them crying. It's, it's for clout. I mean, there's some certain situations where, okay, fine, but nobody comes and posts. Social media is filled mm-hmm. with the good times. The whole point of apps like Instagram and the lot are to remember the good times, to remember yeah. these moments of your life for when you are older, to like share and everything. And it just happens that most people want to share the good parts of their life. And because of that, people see this and assume this is all these people have. These people are always happy. They're always flexing and everything. But now we keep the private, the sad, the more gruesome part of our lives to ourselves and put out that front mm. for other people to see. But because people are so stuck in the social media age, we believe that is the life they are living, which isn't true. People, these days, people are fighting to live fake lives. You see people dressing up, going out to places, not even to do anything, you know, but place, you just to take pictures, to make it look to like they're enjoying themselves. You're not going to eat. Do you know that's why Tea Room had to start charging to come in? There are restaurants now that before you come in and even sit down and settle down, like the, um, like the view of the rooftop, you have to pay to come in because people come in. How can you leave your father's house or your house, dress up, wear makeup, to go to a restaurant, not to eat, not to even buy like a 3K cocktail. Or but something. to take pictures. You just take pictures. How? But to take How? pictures. It's something I've been doing with myself. I don't, I limit the amount of pictures I take when I go out. Or the amount of pictures I post, rather. Most people, I never put anything on my status when I'm going out with my story or anything. When I'm going, I'm just, I'm going out to have fun. I'm going out to enjoy my time with my guys. I might take pictures, but sometimes yeah, I keep them I'm to myself. Sometimes I decide I don't need like, to put this out I'm there. When I'm having so much fun, or like when I'm so caught up, like, do you know that I, for my past three birthdays, I don't have a, I don't think I have a single picture. I probably have like, five or ten pictures in total of all my like my last three birthdays and this is birthdays you get they're supposed to be the biggest i'm 
I'm always so exactly up in everything because that's my day. And I feel like some people's birthdays are for photo shoots at this at this point. And so if your exactly, birthday is exactly. exactly like that, if your birthday isn't like everybody's done up and it's like a ball, you haven't had you haven't enjoyed your birthday, and that's just Exactly, you've not enjoyed it because you've not spent the money you don't have. Exactly, people want to be spending money they don't have and they're not willing to work for. It just makes me so mad sometimes. But yeah, another thing is people use mental health illnesses to excuse bad behavior. Is that a thing? I think it is a thing, actually. In particular, the topic of kleptomania, that's a common thing. Yeah, kleptomaniacs people, okay, like people, but they just be a lot. That's just it. You can't, no, that one is even good because people don't generally claim themselves as, oh, I'm a kleptomaniac. Most people don't even know, most people don't even know that they are. She's a klept or something. The one that annoys me is, is it um, bipolar or something? Oh, I was about to say that, yes, I was about to say that. Bipolar is a uh, what? You're rude, but you're claiming you're bipolar or Delushi. Bipolar out of your teeth. Don't be mad. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, oh, I'm bipolar. So like, no. Act right or get help. Don't inconvenience the entire society. Thank you. Exactly, because these people are watering down the whole illness. Are not taken seriously enough. Exactly. Do you know? Have you have you actually met someone Me? who's bipolar? No. They, they their switches are so erratic. They don't even know. Like it's, to them, it's normal. As bipolar. I have one of my but friends. He's bipolar. It's, it's crazy. Disorder and the switch up was intense. Because yeah. one of the personalities was so calm with me, and one hated me. Like bear hated me, and you can see it was like wanted to kill me. So. I was like, you know, I actually had to give her space for some time because I was like, you know, I don't know the day this baby's going to stab me. So, and and this is, she <laughs> definitely didn't want to get help. The people that, she finally got forced to get help. And I tell you, the Nigerian system is so messed up. She was forced to see, because she was in like a private uni, she was forced to see the therapist in school. And the therapist in the school were the psychology lecturers. Do you know one of the lecturers started hitting on her? This is someone going through therapy and like, you can tell she's not okay. They started, like, the man started hitting on her, trying to get her to do things she didn't want to do. Like, it was just, a whole mess. I don't even want to remember. Ah, it's just disgusting. But yeah, that's appalling. That's appalling to hear. Illnesses as an excuse is very wrong. Cause not only is it dumb and silly, and it's a problem for you because you're not addressing your real problems. It also waters it down for other. It trivializes the whole thing, and nobody now wants to actually like take anybody that actually really has these problems seriously. You get. And that's very off. Yeah. Another? Okay. Also, I was going to ask you this earlier. How do you feel about the way they portray mental illnesses in like movies and series? For example, Split. Do you feel part of the way they portray these things is <clears throat> also a factor in why people stigmatize sick well, people? Like well, Split personality disorder and bipolarism. I didn't finish the movie because I was annoyed and I watched it like 
long time ago. I was just like, what is all this? I think you even look he scared me. I'm not going to lie to you. I love that movie. You I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. I love that movie. Anyone listening to this oh podcast, I love I that so movie. Scared. You should watch it if you have had me so scared. I, I'm <laughs> even shocked as to why I'm like even involved in anything mental health at this point and why I'm so passionate about it because that movie scared me. I was just like, yo, 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 what's this? What's this? No, thanks. Yeah, but that's the thing. The movie was exaggerated exactly. to a point, and in doing so, exactly. for the sake of the movie, for the sake of the it kind of makes people feel some of type of way. Movie. Yeah, it makes some people feel some type of way so exactly of those kind of people. Like before, I went into the whole mental illness thing. I had this idea of the kind of people that they were. Okay, yo, this guy has split personality disorder. I cannot be around this guy. That's the mentality I had before. Before I learned, before I actually had to go and research yeah. these things and learn on my own. That's the kind of things that the media puts in your head. So I don't know if that's a fair thing. I mean, the same way they're trying to shed light on it, it's, it's having yeah. both effects. I so I like, really don't know my stance on that topic. Yeah, your views, but this is a very sensitive thing. So if you are actually going to talk about it, portray it as it is, like in its actual sense, which is like it's just it's not too much to ask. I get that you're trying to make your money, but be realistic. But then you can't really tell them to do that, yeah? Because if it's realistic, it wouldn't be so intriguing. And, like, it wouldn't be so intriguing and a lot of people wouldn't want to watch it, you get? So I really don't blame yeah. them. But, yes, I think that plays a very, very major role in it. I think it does. Another thing, another thing would be that... um Mental health illnesses like are like a fad right now. Like it's it's a clout thing now. I feel like if you don't talk about how oh my god my anxiety oh my god like I have been so depressed like you are not like I I don't <laughs> if you know bipolar you know cool. Like, it's not it's not a clout thing. And like, ah, oh, people just do anything for clout these days. It's not a clout thing. Like, oh, you know, my OCD. Oh my God, my um, no, 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 chill, chill, sis, please, please. Like, it doesn't. <laughs> actually so like, common. It's actually time... so common. And the thing is, people think that's one video. The mental helps have like an era. There was a time it was OCD. I remember OCD time was when I was in high school. Everything was like OCD, OCD, OCD. Then there was the time it was dyslexia and then the people that wanted to be extreme used to claim ADHD. Then now, now it's anxiety yeah. and depression. Yeah. Please, you are anxious. It's not that you have anxiety. Calm down. Calm down. You are sad does not mean you are depressed. Chill. Like, and stop. Like, I feel like one minute you get upset and everything and it's like, yo, I'm so depressed. No, please stop. People that are actually going through depression, like, it just makes it seem like it's not a big deal. Because when they now come out and say, yo, I'm actually depressed. Everybody's like, yeah, me too. Don't worry. We're in this together. No. That's not how it works. That's that's the thing. That's not how it works. We're not supposed to be in this together. We're supposed to be that, fighting against this darling, together. You get me. It's like you see it tweets like, "Oh, who's going through depression right now?" Something like that. Like, "Oh, who's with me on this?" And then you see loads of retweets, and I'm like, "No, no, no." Funny enough, the symptoms of depression 
entail loneliness, distancing exactly. yourself from others, exactly. extreme sadness. You're not going to be socializing when you are depressed. Some people might, maybe in an extreme case, but then you're not going to be social. You're not going to be all, okay, this, this, text, text, you know, laugh. You are depressed. Yeah. You are going through something. Something that you can't just mm-hmm. talk to family members about. Like, it's not, you, you talk, that's where therapy yeah. comes in. That's where professional help comes in. Then this is just for the general masses to hear. I think I already said this, but then, because it, we're in a situation right now where we can't just easily access therapists. Okay. I mean, you can do this online though, but then for those who can't really do that online, communicating with your family members and friends yes, goes a long way. And for those who feel like you have a friend who might be going through something, who isn't as texting as, as he's texting, as he's texting, that's word, <laughs> who isn't as chatty as they are normally, yeah, check up on them, like, just text them. You don't, you don't need a degree. You don't need to be a professional to just cheer someone up to make someone to someone's to day. Them, actually, which is what I've learned. Be that exactly, exactly. Like a feature of being a good, a characteristic of being a good friend is being able to listen. So if you actually really care about your friends, whether what they're saying doesn't actually even matter to you or not, listen, hear them out. That's all they need. That's all a person might need. Sometimes exactly. all you really just need to do is listen. Or make them laugh. I had a friend who was, just before we started this, she wasn't having the best day. She was having the best night. And the truth is, the problem was mm-hmm. beyond my control. But I did what I could. Aww. I just came and I made Boy, her laugh. Clown. We laughed and laughed and she even forgot. I'm, I'm not even going to enter you on what you just said on this podcast. <laughs> Be expecting me after this. <laughs> anyway, so just, she laughed and she completely forgot about it. She was having a good day again, you know, just cheer people up. Just check yeah. up on your friends. Okay, so I think my final... Have your friends check up on you. ...for the month is that people are bored at home due to the lockdown and everything. Resist the urge to talk trash about people for clout, for fun, or for whatever, because it might seem like just tweets or comments, but they have deep-seating effects on the people that are being dragged. And as amusing as it can be, sometimes exactly. this is actually taken so so far and like this whole topic actually deserves its own episode that's like the topic of cyberbullying and social media in relation to mental health it deserves yeah it does it really does deep into it. but please mind what you say like mind what you say to people at, like everybody feels like a giant and a god and like a big, like big mouth with behind their keyboard you can just talk trash but you actually don't know the effect of the person on the receiving end so please 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 exactly. let's be careful and in this time you can't really check on someone and be like oh okay that thing that person said are you really good it's really hard because you don't really the person could be lying to you because you can't really see everybody so let's all try to be careful please yeah then also because I mean we're all in lockdown we should try to avoid being idle because when you're idle is when you start to worry about particular things that are out of your control. Try entertaining yourself, doing productive things. Exactly, exactly. Try doing more productive things. Not necessarily working, but just watch something that makes you laugh. Spend time with your family. Get siblings more. Anything. My mind wants to start wandering off and I want to start stressing or something. I pick up a book. I start reading something. I watch a series if I don't even want to stress my eyes. Like just watch something that makes me laugh and get something off it. Like it really helps. 
I can even recommend books for anyone that feels like reading a book. I have read so many books this quarantine. It's what I do for pastime and series, actually. Anything. Keep yourself just keep yourself clean. Just keep yourself. Yeah. Then I don't know if you have any numbers or like a link we can send to people in general in case they want to oh talk to therapists or anything. That's a final note. Contact a just therapist. Just DM the Off the Record podcast page on Instagram. It's off underscore the underscore the record uh, underscore record underscore podcast. Like off the record with underscores in the middle. Just DM me and I will send you a that's on Instagram, yeah? No, I don't Do you have, have any accounts Twitter? on Twitter. But on Twitter, you can reach me personally on Instagram too, at naya.xx, that's N-I-A-H-H.xx. Okay. And on Twitter too, Naya Bamishile, N-I-A-H Bamishile. Figure it out. It's so it's super easy. And then you can contact Morty too. Morty, what are your, what's your social media names? Morty.chukuma yeah. on all social medias. So you can reach him. <laughs> like, if anybody comes like contact you i'll send you I, i've sent you the list here exactly yeah so i have the link i can send it to anyone or anybody there thousands of people who are willing to talk and ready to help so yes on that note no one is alone yeah no one is alone in wherever the feeling no one should know if you want to no i'm here me I'm funny. So I hear talking, listening, sir. Just be silent. No problem. I'm here. Okay. So on that note, you guys. Bye, bye, and have have a lovely time during this lockdown before it's over. Take Take care. care. Stay safe. Bye.